Hey there, Vlad here. Before we jump to the pedal collection or collection of pedal news, something like that, uh, just want to mention that what you're about to hear is our kind of favorite picks of all the kind of pedal stories we covered over the 2021 season. And we also threw like a few modeling amps there as well, because, well, most of them come in a pedal format anyway. So it kind of made sense. Yeah. So a lot of pedal nerdery ahead. And as always, all the links and ways to support what we do in the show notes as well. Have fun. Have a great holiday season 2021. And we will be back in 2022. Cheers. As I mentioned, Boss, the boss of uh, compact pedals, has released two anniversary editions. Basically, there's an all-black SD1, the Super Overdrive, and all-black Metal Zone. Not that Metal Zone was uh, like that colorful to begin with, but now it's <laughs> all-black, which probably makes it even more metal. Personally, I like both of these editions. Like, keep them kind of the same they were but just add a little bit of flavor to celebrate. And I'm actually happy to announce that I got one of those pedals on the way to my place soon-ish, so that's kind of cool. I also forgot how affordable the SD-1, for example, is. It's $60. I think that's a great price for a classic pedal that still sounds good yeah, to this $60 day. and 40 years old. Like, this pedal is way older yeah. than us. It's... Like, how, how is it still yes. relevant? That's testament to how good it must sound, you know? There are so many people over those 40 years who have used that pedal and others like, you know, the DS1 to just get amazing tones. And there are so many boutique overdrives these days, but people come back and back and back to these bosses. It's, it's funny. It's great. I love it. Yeah. And I, I love that color scheme yeah. as well, by the I, way. I, yeah, definitely. Like, there's a... I don't know, like celebratory feel to them for some reason like they look different like a bit more i don't know boutique maybe especially the super overdrive because like black with some like gold and stuff it looks like hey we're celebrating yeah so the, like the standard pedal would be like a bright yellow right with black text yeah yeah it looks really it looks more expensive but it's not going to be is it it's going to be the same price as the normal one does it seem like yeah that's the thing like it seems like it's priced exactly the same uh, do you remember whether the Waza version of the SD-1 was different color? I know the Metal Zone looked pretty much the same as the original one. Like the Waza version of the MT-2 looked pretty much the same. Actually, I'm going to check quickly. Because, I don't remember that. I, uh, I only remember uh, one version of the SD-1. That's the totally standard one. And I don't think it was included in that yeah, special 40th anniversary set with the three colors, was it? No, that would have been a DS-1. I think that was in there. Yeah. And there is no Waza version of the SD-1, is there? There's just a standard version. Uh, actually, is there? there is. But it looks exactly... Yeah, it looks pretty much exactly the same as the standard one, except it has the SD-1W on it, and then there's like this ah. WazaCraft thing on the foot switch okay. itself. And <laughs> that one is 150 euros in Finland. So there's a qu quite wow. a difference in price. <laughs> 
<coughs> compared to which the version are you one. getting? Are you getting the anniversary version? Yeah, just just the anniversary cool. version, which I actually kind of like. And like if and the cool thing is like there's gazillion different mods available yeah. for those as well. So if like I want to fine tune it at some point, I probably can do it myself at home. Just get a couple of components. That could be a fun video if I end up end up doing something like that for that. But I haven't actually had an SD one ever. I've had the what's it called? They did something with JHS. Ah, uh, the the uh, Angry Driver. Angry Driver yeah. But was yeah, but was it SD one and then something else? That was the the SD one and the JHS Angry Charlie, right? Ah, that's true. Oh yeah, it was the ah, blues, the blues driver, driver and the Angry Charlie. Charlie. So it's not the same. So I've never had an SD one then. Like never had the SD one sound. Yeah, uh, I've I'm never excited. owned any that analog be... boss overdrive. I'm currently playing around with the OD two hundred. Really? Which is kind of like the you know the hybrid modeler of twelve different effects pedals, and has like the OD one, and it has the blues driver, and it has other pedals in it as well, boss and non-boss. But I don't think it has an SD one in it. It has a metal zone in it, and I haven't yet mm. managed to make that sound very good. Although I think that's possibly more to do with me than it is to do with the pedal. Yeah. Uh I kind of want to get the MT2 as well at some point, just because um, this it's been two or three years since I did the RefG3 versus the Metal Zone comparison. Uh, I'm still kind of like, looking back at that video, I'm still surprised how good the MT2 can sound when you just tweak it a little bit. It's like a very old school kind of trash metal sound. That's pretty much like the only sound it does, but it does it really well. and. Having that on the board would kind of be fun. It's because to me it leaves somewhere between like a fuzz and a metal pedal, and I could see myself. Yeah, using it's that like a, it's a sound. totally classic pedal Bunch as well, and everyone you know everyone talks about it as being the worst distortion. But that's I think only because it is possible to make it sound bad, in in our opinions, yeah, you know. The controls are but it's super like sensitive. it has great tones too, yeah. and I think it's one of your most popular videos, isn't it? That one, and also. Oh, de de definitely. Yeah. Like, I think top three. Yeah, exactly. So the interest is still there in that pedal. And I think one of Ola England's most popular ones is his Metal Zone video, which is called something like the worst pedal of all time, question mark or something. And of course, he proves that it's <laughs> not. But it's that's what we want to believe, you know. But I think every guitarist should own a Metal Zone. Yeah, so exactly. I'm going to buy one too. Maybe this yeah. one, because I love that all black yeah. look. Yeah. It's great. It, it but I, I love bad. the idea of limited edition versions of pedals which are affordable. There have been a lot of pedals that came out recently in limited yeah. runs. For example, uh, Chase Bliss did a few, and this is nothing against Chase Bliss or anything, yeah. but those pedals that come out in limited quantities get snapped up by people straight away, and then you can find them on reverb the next day for massive prices. And I'm sure that this SD1 and this Metal Zone, these versions are going to be limited, but a Boss Limited Edition is going to be limited in a way but available to all basically for an affordable price so i, I like yeah, that a lot it, yeah definitely and i think the way the, as i mentioned a few episodes ago the way the boss usually the boss well that the boss of compact pedals i'd say uh <laughs> the way they, they usually release pedals is that or like just gear a lot of the gear the day they announce the stuff it's available yeah. in most of the stores even like a local store here in Finland, they, like in my city or nearby, uh, 
the Katanas and well, what's the other classic amp series they had? Uh, well, uh, Next Stone and like a bunch of other stuff. The day that stuff is announced, I could walk into the store and get one. And I bet these pedals are available already as well. And as I mentioned, it's what, $59. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Really, really yeah, cool. funnily enough, the only boss pedal that I can remember in recent times that wasn't like that was the Tone Bender, which was made earlier this year using NOS parts, and they could only make 3,000 of those. And I think that one was also about $350 maybe, and that sold out straight away. But mm. everything else by Boss, once you hear yeah. about it online, you can buy it in a store. So that, that's wonderful as well. This Cat Pick Friday's episode is sponsored by How Songs Are Made and the brand new complete rock and metal songwriting course. How Songs Are Made is created by a good friend of the show, Trey Xavier, who is probably best known for his Gearguts YouTube channel. If you ever watch this channel, you know when it comes to rock or metal songwriting, Trey knows what he's talking about. Whether it's his cover songs, random drum groove songwriting videos, or his song critique live streams, Trey has helped countless of songwriters to get better at their craft, and now he has put all of his knowledge into one beast of a course called Complete Rock and Metal Songwriting Course. And by complete, I mean complete. Here are some of the things you'll learn in this course. How to write a song starting from any small bit of an idea. How to generate inspiration from nothing. How to use tension and release to structure your song for maximum impact. How to add layers of vocals and harmonies. How to write guitar riffs and create variations for each part of the song. How to write melodies from chords and chords from melodies, even if you have zero music theory knowledge. How to create drum parts that move the song and do not get in the way. How to write catchy, memorable, and emotional lyrics that grab the listener. How to become a prolific songwriter through songwriting philosophy and mind. Now is the time to take that next or your first step in songwriting journey and put those ideas in your head into reality. To sign up for complete rock and metal songwriting and support Catholic Fridays, please use the link in the show notes. Happy songwriting. the next one fractal audio systems need to remember to mention audio systems because fractal audio i think that is a different company that does sound isolation or something like that anyway fractal audio systems ups the game with fm9 which is a bigger floor unit had the axe fx unit that is uh they've had the fm3 for a couple of years i'm gonna say and mm -hmm. now they came out with FM9, which has tr three times the foot switches, and it's big and more powerful and everything else as well. This is also based on the Axe FX3 technology, uh, as are the other two. So the rack unit and then the FM3. And yeah, now there's a dedicated big floor unit as well. Price is... Um, it's not like all I know. It's not cheap. Uh, sixteen hundred dollars, I think. Uh, but yeah, right now it's sixteen hundred dollars. But I think that was for people who pre-ordered one, and then like the actual retail price. Not sure. For anyone in Europe, uh, one of the issues I have with all of this is that I think they only sell direct. Or if they don't sell direct, like the prices for EU customers, for example, are way, way higher. There's like import taxes, shipping, all of that. 
I think this was closer to 2,000 euros or something like that when taking everything together because I was actually like kind of interested in this unit. Yeah. And then I started to look at the price. I was like, uh, maybe not. <laughs> so Yeah, it's a lot of money, isn't it? Once you get up yeah. to that price point. I mean, I've heard a lot of good things and I've heard a lot of good sounds from Axe Effects. It's so, oh, like, I'm not saying they're bad. It's just, it's kind of difficult to, like, you cannot try these really. You just have to buy no, one. That's and the thing. You have to buy it blind. Yeah. 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 And that's the only thing that kind of annoys me because I'd love to try this out. I've had the Helix. It was decent, but didn't stick with me. And. I'm doing so many like different music styles and all of that nowadays that it would be kind of cool to have something like this besides having like a real amp as well for different situations. And yeah, <laughs> this is one that might be too much money for me, especially like like my nightmare situation would be where I would get this and then I would just like uh, some point realize that I still hate browsing through menus, give me physical controls. <laughs> So, yeah. Do you see yourself getting one? No. <laughs> yes, I knew that was the answer, but I wanted to ask anyway. No, I, in terms of, you know, personally adding it to my setup, no, it's it's not what I need, but it looks like an amazing sure. device. You know, yeah. I know a few people in my region here who have been really interested in getting the FM3. But also, yeah, with the FM3, I think they waited like at least a year and a half, maybe a couple of years from it being announced and being available in America to actually being available to normal people in Europe. And so it will be interesting to see how long it takes until people can actually get their hands on the FM9 in the real world. And I'm sure it has amazing effects and can do a lot of stuff. Mm. But yeah, it's probably just a little bit of overkill for what I need because I don't do that much (laughs) with strange effects. But yeah, in terms of the effects themselves, from my experience, I feel like the XFX, the fractal stuff, is a level above what you get on the Kemper and what you get on, you know, the smaller, more budget units like the Helix or like the Head Rush or the Poggo yeah. or whatever. And it's also a step up from the Quad Cortex. So if you're an effects person, if you like modeling, and if you love getting involved and making incredibly, you know, powerful sounds and saving it all and being able to dive into as many menus as you could ever want ever, then the FM9 is probably Mm -hmm. the ultimate device for you. Yeah, the cool thing also is that uh, since uh, FX... uh, XFX is such an established uh, system already... There's so many tutorial videos, so many presets you can download. Like some artists share the sounds they use live or on their records as well. So like you are like if you're getting one, you are diving into this whole world of like XFX enthusiasts, and they like to share the stuff they've created and stuff like that. So they do, yeah. It's a very interesting community. Yeah. They're fiercely loyal to the yes, the guy behind. <laughs> All the gear, I forget his name off the top of my head, so it's an interesting place Um, to spend time. But if you're into it and want to learn stuff, you'll find it all there. But just looking at that article that you're scrolling through, Vlad, if you just go up a little bit again, down a tiny bit, stop. This is the kind of (laughs) sentence which is putting me off. I'll just read the one out which I just saw. 
The FM9 has the exact same ultra-res cab sim features as the Axe FX3, and is loaded with 2,200 factory cabinets <laughs> with the space to upload a further user-created or third-party 1,024 impulse responses. And that's just something that nice. terrifies <clears throat> me, because I know that if I get this device, I will spend hours and hours going through 2,200 separate cabs and tweaking and tweaking and tweaking and never actually playing stuff. And then I'll get to impulse responses, and I'll go through 1,024 different impulse responses which I've uploaded, and I'll find the best one. But then I'll realize that I need to go back through the 2,200 factory cabinets to get the best one to match to my impulse response. So for me, it's a case of option paralysis. A lot of the time, I just want to plug in and play straight away. Yeah, that's the thing, like... (sighs) Yeah. I kind of have this, like... I got excited about this because, as I mentioned, like something like this would be a really powerful studio tool. And like, unlike helixes and stuff, uh, and I know somebody's going to tell me that I'm wrong, but I don't see like professional professional musicians recording whole albums on a helix. I might be wrong, but that's not something I've seen a lot. What I have seen is like a lot of people who are recording albums on an XFX. And as you mentioned, I also feel like them and maybe Quad Cortex, not sure yet, they are fairly new in the game. Like those two are like the on the top of the modeling game. Like those are the only ones where, like when I listen to like a bunch of different YouTube clips, I go like, okay, that actually sounds really good. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're professional so, level tools, and I think definitely. you know professionals will have no problem using them. You do see a lot of the more expensive modeler bits of equipment on big stages and in big studios. You know, you see Kempers everywhere. Yeah. You'll see XFX is being used by some of the biggest bands around, and you'll see this FM9 being used by loads of professionals as well. I guess one other thing yeah. that I want to mention is that whenever I've seen, it's normally been post rock bands that I've seen using XFX stuff. They pretty much always have a laptop on stage with them, which is connected Mm. to the modeling system. And that's, again, something which, okay, that's great if you want that. But for me, that's too much. Too much for me to be worrying about. (laughs) Yep, that's true. I'm a simple man, I think. (laughs) Yeah. As I mentioned, I'd love to try one out, but I don't know. Is it possible? Like Their distribution model is really weird. Like I, I, I'm not sure I get it. Like now I'm pretty sure. much with, ev- yeah, that's the thing. If that, yeah, and especially with the kind of chip shortage that's going on in the world right now, thanks to COVID and that one factory burning in China, I think, like, mm. who knows how slow production will be for this one as well. So yeah, exactly. Again, I'm exactly the same as you. I would love to try it even though I know that I probably would not personally buy it unless I had a studio and thought I could replace many, many other bits of gear with this one thing. Mm. But it's like you say, the, the distribution options in Europe are very limited. There's basically, well, maybe zero dealers. I'm not even sure if they have like one or two people I don't actually think they selling have any them. Like... And they just have the yeah. distribution company, which is called, is it GS66 or something? And you buy online and, and that's it. And the people yeah. I know who were waiting for the FM3 were ordering from there and waiting a long, long, long time to get their products. Yeah. 
Yep, that's the thing. And it's also like, if I would dive into modeling game, I would kind of be tempted to go for the quartz cortex, not only because of the user interface with the touch screen and like rotating foot switches and stuff like that you can use like as controls as well. I think the, the UI on that is damn cool, but also it's a Finnish company. So that's that. <laughs> They're kind of like neural DSPs kind of hiding their Finnishness, if you will. They don't like advertise Shameful. that in any way. Why yes, are they hiding shame. that? I don't know. I don't know. They got like a bunch of uh, Finland's like top guitar players promoting their products, but they're like kind of hiding the finishness anyway. Uh, yeah. Maybe that will change at some point. We shall see. But yeah, if I get a chance, I'd love to try this out, but I don't see myself ordering one. I mean, with XFX, the thing is like the resale value is high because they're difficult to get in the first place. So if yeah. you manage to get one, like you'll probably have no trouble selling it, but it you, mm. it will be probably difficult to sell it for the full price at least. So you're going to take some sort of hit when doing this. But yeah, if anyone has an FM9 or even FM3, please share your experiences on getting one. Was it smooth? Did it take a long time? Anything like that, let us know. We would love to hear. Because yeah, the negative stories about their like delivery issues and such are the only ones I've heard so far. So if you have a different kind of experience, let us know. Kili Compressor Mini is out. And I'm actually kind of excited about this one. This is the kind of compressor I like. I'm, I'm a simple man and I want my compressors to be simple as well. <laughs> and with two knobs and a tiny footprint, this is definitely that. And Based on the demo video I've watched on guitarworld.com where we're checking the article as well, this is just that simple, effective, does what a compressor has, to, like you want compressor to do. And the price is also pretty small. What's the price on here? Yeah, $129. And I actually really dig the limited white edition of this this i have a soft spot for anything white when it comes to instruments or pedals i don't know why maybe mm -hmm. because snow or something but yeah yeah i like it a lot yeah but this yeah, is this like looks, right this... up my alley yeah it looks like a great little pedal i mean the keely compressor you know the full-size pedal is like the industry standard it sold tens of thousands, and this is a smaller version for people who need the space. And you might think that it's limiting because it just has the level and compression knobs, but, you know, it's been designed that the rest of the stuff that you're missing off from the big pedal is kind of included in this pedal because it does it intelligently for you. So yep. if you remember on the larger Keeley compressor, you have a blend control you know, which blends between the compressed signal and the original guitar signal. This one, the Mini, has an auto-blend, so it does it for you. Things mm -hmm. like that. So everything is kind of in there for you, and it's a, it's a compressor pedal just to put on, get the two knobs where you want them and forget about, and I think it's an always-on sort of a pedal that you'll just leave there, and you might not realize what yeah. it's doing, but then suddenly you'll switch it off and go, aha, that is the magic of compression. So, yeah, yeah, I like this pedal a lot. It's quite cheap, 
especially for an American-built pedal. And I think it has probably some competition from the the Wampler Ego Mini compressor, yeah. which is a great compressor as well and is also small-sized. In fact, a bunch of brands do smaller compressors, but still, the Keeley is the industry standard, and I'm I'm looking forward to testing this one out because I think it's going to be really good. And I like the black one better, so maybe we can get one of each. You have the white one, I'll take the black one. Yeah, the, and then we'll have a shootout, which sounds better because obviously exactly. the paint affects the sound. It does. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the OnePlus Mini Ego compressor was actually the one that I was kind of uh, thinking of right as soon as I saw this one because I've had the mini compressor, like the OnePlus Mini <clears throat> Ego compressor, and that's easily mm-hmm. the best compressor pedal I've had. Just because of its simplicity, I think that has like three controls, plus there's like a switch, uh, which I think adjusted like the attack time. So mm-hmm. I think Brian explained in one of the videos, it was like basically like if you want to like, let's say, alternate pick chords and just want a lot of sustain, there's one setting. And then if you want to do like funk stuff with like a fast attack to level out those chords and stuff, then there's a second setting and it worked beautifully. Uh, this is even more simple, and I'm actually kind of interested to hear like how it works in these different like types of situations where you might want to have a fast attack or a slow attack. But I'm guessing this will work just fine based on the demo on GuitarWorld.com or like official Keeley video. It it does both really really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited to try one. The other key thing for me with compressors is the noise threshold. Like I find quite a few compressor pedals add a lot of noise to your signal. You know, obviously the more you turn them up as well. And previous experience I've had with the Keeley and also with the Wampler has been that they're very quiet. So if this one is quiet too, then it's going to sell bucket loads just like the the full-size one. Yep. Yep, yep. Uh, I'm trying to think whether there's a Keeley dealer in Finland. Not sure. Need to check out because I kind of want to swap my current compressor pedal, which I like, but it's huge and way too complicated. <laughs> like I sometimes I just get frustrated with it. I need something very simple. And uh, yeah, I'm a simple man. Boss Smooth. introduces. IR200 Capsim pedal and SY200 synth pedal and we are checking out the GearGuards article. So I have to say uh, the IR200 isn't really just a Capsim pedal because it seems it also has a bunch of stuff from the is it the GT series of pedals? So there's a GT1000 then there's a GT1000 core which is like a smaller Unit and basically like your Helix slash Headrush slash XFX floor kind of equivalent. And now they have this, Boss has this uh, 200 range pedals, basically two foot switches, but still like super, super powerful. And there's an IR200, which is Capsim and some amp simulation as well. And then SY200, that's synthesizer stuff. And <laughs> Boy, that synthesizer thing is amazing. I checked out some videos and it's it's crazy. Yeah, I agree. I've checked out some videos as well. For me personally, more interesting is the IR200, which is 
possibly another nail in the death of the guitar amp because we're seeing more and more <laughs> companies come out with pedals that do what amplifiers did. Yep. <clears throat> I mean, obviously, this pedal is not a loud thing. You know, it doesn't have a speaker attached or anything like that. But it follows in the pathways of the Strymon Iridium or the recent Walrus Audios offerings, uh, the Humboldt simplifier in offering everything you need in a signal chain to make a great sounding guitar, you know? Yep. And it looks very interesting. At the same time, I've seen that these two pedals are both priced well above the rest of Boss's 200 range, which includes oh, that's an true. overdrive, a delay, and a modulation pedal at the moment. And you also mentioned the GT series and the core and I've seen people saying online that you can basically buy one of the Boss core units and get more functionality than the IR200 for a lot less money. And I don't know if that's true, but perhaps you know a bit more than me. I don't know. Uh, is the GT core... How much is it? Let's check. Because... Uh, or maybe it's a little bit more, but with way more functionality. Maybe that's uh, what It's uh, 611 euros at Thoman. Whoa. Okay, so it's more. That that that's interesting because this is priced at three ninety nine. So I'm gonna say it's probably four hundred euros as well. Yeah. Okay. So a third more as opposed to a third less, but with much much more functionality overall. Okay. This is I'm gonna say like Boss usually. I'm purely like, going off a forum that I read. <laughs> so no, no, I hope that these guys right, are gonna like, get right. There's there's more foot switches. Well, one more, but still, and I'm guessing obviously there's going to be more I/O as well. Interesting. Yeah, because this also has two like loops as well. The GT one thousand core that is, and it's yeah. six hundred and eleven euros. Okay, gotta say that I, I'm going to agree with the forums for once. So well, we don't know exactly what is contained within within the two boxes does the 200 sure. perhaps have better irs or more modern kind of algorithms inside it does it give you the option to use more processing power more more features simultaneously i'm not sure yet i mean we haven't had the chance to play these two pedals i don't think they're available for quite a while so it will be a while before we get be. to test them but it looks like a great yeah. thing, just, you know, w without the context of other pedals or anything like that, it's another exciting product. And I really like the 200 series from Boss. I have the OD200, yep. the Overdrive one. I'd like to get my hands on some of the others, and I just think they're great. I love the size of them compared to how many sounds and options are within them. They're built very solidly. They're super cool things. But the Overdrive, I think I have it behind me, actually. Hang on. Yep, very practical. It's right here, so you can see roughly the size oh, of these things. They're quite small. Really solid metal chassis. The, the knobs feel good. There's plenty of memory. Lots of options to save up to 128 different presets, MIDI compatibility, etc., etc. They're super cool units, you know, if you're into the modeling thing. And I bought the yep. OD200 to test out the, the modeling distortion pedals that they have in their current range, you know. And yep. I would be totally happy to get the IR200 and make it kind of the centerpiece of a, a pedal board that doesn't require an amplifier or anything like that and just kind of, you know, a gigging solution on a small pedal train board or something like that. 
Yeah. I wonder if there's like some sort of, it's either that the IR200 is actually different from the GT series, or it's a marketing thing where they are labeling it IR200, not like GT200 or anything like that, to differentiate it enough from the GT1000 core. But well, the, yeah, the, uh, int- the the 200 series definitely has more of a a high-end aesthetic, let's call it that. And they look kind of... Yeah. They look like they should be more expensive than the the standard boss pedals and particularly the core pedals. I think the GT range also has a bit of a bit of a reputation, almost a negative stigma as being like a beginner's cheap modeler. Which mm. is kind of unfair because, you know, modelers today are all pretty good or better. And the GT stuff is very, very good indeed. But do they have the same processing technology? I guess they probably do. Yeah, I guess the 1000 seems to be like a next level thing compared to, like, it, it looks very similar to, where, like, for those who are listening to the podcast version, we're actually looking at the GT1000 core on the Thoman website, and it looks very similar to what the 200 series range looks, though uh, I can only tell by, by the pictures. Looks like a metal unit, like, made out of metal and very similar design and everything. It's just bigger. Yeah, it, so, do, it does actually look very, very similar. Yeah. So, I don't know. Like, I personally, I was more excited about the SY200 just because the whole synth thing is so crazy. And, like, immediately started, like, imagining what kind of things I could do. Like, right now, when I do any kind of synth things, I use Logic's own, like, synthesizers there's a lot built in and it's super fun but it would be really really cool to get all kind of arpeggiators with the guitar that would be super super fun kind of putting that in close quotes like play those on my tracks instead of programming them that would be yeah definitely i i remember when the sy1 came out a year or two years ago and there were demos yes, by exactly. people like Ola England and Rabia Massad, and they were super inspiring. I'm not a keyboard player, I'm not a synth player. I'm not really into those kinds of sounds that much. I don't listen to a lot of synth-based music in my spare time, but I just thought that that, that pedal opened up a lot of creative freedom on the guitar for people who wanted to make noises like that. And you don't have to make the mad noises, you don't have to do the arpeggios, you can just make your guitar into kind of a you know, a space agey sounding solo device or something, or just bring a totally different tonality to one of your bits of standard music. And the SY200, you know, takes that to 11 with all the different options to save presets, to have more sounds at the tap of a switch. I guess it gives you more different tone shaping options as well. There must be more in it yeah. than in the SY1. And of course, the full on MIDI capability is going to be cool for some people as well. Yeah, and like I immediately thought of all the kind of uh, worship band opportunities you could like all the options you could do with this one because uh, our like bands are very random. Sometimes you get a keyboard player, sometimes you get a guitar player that has some like ambient effects on his board or anything something like that. But it's very random and. It kind of the ambience thing is part of that sound, whether yeah. I want to admit it or not, it's there. And if you don't have anyone doing that in the band, 
like if you don't have a keyboard player or like an electric guitar player, like this could open up a lot of options, especially if you pair it with with like a looper or something. You could create like you could have it loop on the background with the synth and like have stereo synthesizers going on and stuff like that. And um, just inspiring pedal. I don't know if like my brain capacity would be able to handle the amount of options it probably has because all of the boss digital things have so many options so so many options i guess that's like part of the japanese mindset that we're just going to give you all the options because one of those people will want to have that option available and if it's there that person will be happy for the rest of his or her life some like that that's the vibe I'm getting from a lot of like Japanese made products. So Yeah. Yeah, I kind of agree uh, with that. The Yeah. One other thing that I would say about this pedal is that um I feel it's gonna sell a lot less than the SY one because it's gonna be a yeah. thing for people who are specialized in that kind of pedal. You know when the SY one came out, it was as far as I remember, with my patchy memory, not too long before Christmas. And I feel like probably a lot of people decided to ask for it as a Christmas present or buy it for themselves around the Christmas period because it was just, you know, when it came out, it was within kind of a price range where you could kind of say, yeah, I'll get myself that. It wasn't too much. About yeah, what? I think it was less than 200 euros. We're seeing the price on yeah, screen right now of 199 euros, but I think it started life at a bit less than that. And yeah, I can I imagine lots of people just... More affordable. Yeah. Well, I can imagine a lot of people just went out and got it just because they wanted to get a pedal that could give them that sound and just for the novelty factor as well. You know, people like yeah. Older England got it for the novelty factor, but the SY200 is a much more serious beast. So it's not just going to be for people to kind of purchase on a whim. It's going to be for someone who really wants to get that synth sound experience out of their guitar. And I think it yeah. probably is one of the leading pedals to do that, but it won't cross over into the general kind of you know, the general guitar pedal board hype. It won't be a must-have pedal like the SY1 was for a little bit. Yeah, it's just like the the benefit of the SY1 is the fact that it's very simple, no menus, anything like that. Just like all the sounds on the pedal itself and it's simple enough not to get lost into. Yeah, exactly. Whereas, it's also the case of yeah. with the SY1, you might end up with maybe... If you're playing a live set, or if you're a live band or something, you might end up with one or two tracks with a few seconds of synth sounds in your live band. Yeah. And it's kind of like, okay, I can justify having a pedal which is small with not much real estate on my board to do that. It's maybe kind of similar to an octave pedal, for example. You might have one or two mm. tracks where you have an octave up or down or whatever. But with the SY200, it's going to be a much more significant part of your sound and your rig. So it's like... This is really tailored towards the specialists. Whereas I yep. think with the IR200, that's aimed at absolutely everybody. Yep. Uh, one other thing I have to mention is that uh, the launch of this, these pedals has been interesting because uh, the only videos I was able to find was from a few smaller channels, and that's it. Like, very few people had this. There was like one <laughs> store in US, I think, that feels like they just got those into their inventory and they decided to make yeah. those videos. Didn't seem like yeah. official boss videos. 
And then there was like two or three that were actually like boss provided me this pedal type of thing. Yeah, it's an so. interesting release that they've done with this one. Do you think that yeah. there might be a possibility that they did something last minute and changed the release date because the NAM show was postponed? Because I was wondering if this would have been something that might have come out a bit later, closer to January. Yeah, it's certainly quite be. early for something that might otherwise come out kind of for Christmas time. Yeah, that's true as well. Then, then on the other hand, maybe they will like do several waves of videos on a product. And I guess yeah. this is an insight. Like I, I worked with Boss on multiple products, and yet, like I've been part of like second or third wave of a product. So like yeah, you're right. I mean, initial release, then there's something, and then there might be like a third wave, which would might be, for example, uh, in my case, the Katana Two or Mark Two. That like that with that one, like I did a recording video with it. So I did like a how how to use it as an like audio interface and like use it as a full like guitar recording studio. Instead of like doing like here, here's all the sounds in the room and stuff like that. We've just narrowly focused on just that aspect, how to use it as a recording interface and stuff like that. Yeah, that and definitely makes that, sense to do it yeah. in waves. Yeah. There's nothing more annoying than going onto YouTube one day and seeing that 50 people have made the same video about the same pedal or the same product. Bend Acoustasonic. That was that was funnily enough the product <laughs> that just sprung to my mind. Acoustasonic. Yes. 50 videos one day and then nothing forever for the rest of time. But there you go. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I'm just happy I got to be part of that launch as well. Anyway. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Zoom put out a B6 unit. Look at that. Boom. That's <laughs> How would you describe that design? It's spaceship. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, it looks one. like something that the Apollo moon landing astronauts would have used. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah, perhaps Poo Ninja can tell us exactly which part of the uh, landing module this came out of, if he watches this mm, episode. That, that, but yeah, it's certainly, going not, it's certainly not a modern looking design. I mean, we just saw mm. with the Vault audio interfaces, a very cool old school looking studio aesthetic, whereas this B6 just looks kind of... I don't know. I don't want to say dated. It has kind of an old school charm to it, but it looks like it's from the 90s. Yeah, that's definitely... I don't know. It looks very Zoom to me. Like, if I yeah, grab my it, it, Zoom 505... Yeah, if I grab my Zoom 505 over there, like, it, there's very definitely similar vibe. Should I do it, actually, for YouTube viewers? Yeah. So we can get yeah, back. Just it. a second. They all want to see that. And... I'm actually not familiar with whether there is a guitar version of this B6, by the way, Vlad, or is this just a special for all the bass players out there? Uh, I gotta say, I'm not sure. I don't remember seeing, like, there's definitely some similarities aesthetic-wise, like, if we compare to this. Like, it's from the same product family, sort of speak. Yeah, exactly. You can see that it's from the same lineage. Yes. <laughs> but, I mean, the unit itself looks cool. There's a bunch of switches, like, very well laid out switches. There's a touch screen, which I love this development in, like, multi-effects units. 
because my biggest gripe with most of them has been the user interface. And when you can use the touch, touch screen, it's such a huge improvement. Yeah. It makes your life easier. You can chin up up to six effects plus an amplifier emulation. There's uh, 12 different classic bass speakers included. There's a bunch of different DI inputs and output options. A uh, few different preamp emulations as well. The I.O. looks pretty comprehensive here. There's balance out, amplifier out, uh, all couple different... Oh, yeah. The cool thing is, like, there's also two different inputs. So if you are swapping between the bases, you just said you can tweak, like, both of the inputs according to your base and then just swap them on the fly, which is really cool, cool and unique. I, I don't remember seeing anything like this from other companies. And USB out, you can use gent this as an audio... Sorry? <laughs> there is a gent preamp. <laughs> Have you seen that? <laughs> Finally, there's a gent preamp. The, the one we've the all been... preamp emulation we've all been waiting for. I know. Which combines know. an undistorted I low end with a strongly distorted high end. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's kind of cool because like, that's something when I ask my friend to record some tracks. That's what, what he does. He sends me like a heavily distorted track and then there's a clean track and then I blend them in. But you can do that with the preamp right away from there. So that's cool. And yeah, there's a USB out as well and you can use this as an audio interface. So that's also something that's been happening with a lot of these units. You can use them as an audio interface now. So yep. it's all about recording. Uh, I mean... This kind of looks cool. It has everything I would need. There's a, or even like an SD card slot for it. Ha! There's an SD card slot uh, and you can use that SD card to record what you're playing. I've never seen this on any of these units before. That's kind of cool. Like It could That's be super cool. useful some, for, for some people. Didn't one of the new X looper pedals have that? where you could just record stuff uh, and then use an SD card to transfer it. Could be. I don't know. I'm forgetting. I I've seem had to remember it, but yeah, it's, it's definitely not a common thing, but that's a very cool idea. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and this was a Bluetooth expansion port for wireless control of the B6 unit by a dedicated guitar lab app as well. And price is roughly 500... Uh, the recommended retail price is 534 euros... And the article that says, so hopefully the street price will be under 500 euros. Yeah, yeah let's hope. I mean, if I was a gigging bass player, I'd seriously consider this. It looks great. I bet it sounds good as well. Or like the yeah, few it, demo videos I've watched. Sounds good. Yeah, I haven't seen or heard anything from it in video form, but... It looks like it includes absolutely everything. So if you're a bass player and you have a bass and you buy this, you, you can record, you can rehearse, you can gig, and you can make the most of that gent preamp. You, you've basically got everything you could ever need as a bass player. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I also enjoy this layout of all the switches because, first of all, it's probably the cleanest layout of any units I've seen. Plus, they also... like. On the right side, there's three buttons so that uh, allow you to select between inputs and stuff. Like they're lower on the pedal board, like physically lower as well. Like it feels like they put a lot of emphasis on like just like 
product design in the sense like what it's like to use in a live situation or playing with a band. Um, it feels to me like um, that part on the right where you have those three buttons, they had originally designed this to have an expression pedal. You can mm. kind of see how it's sort of on a True. different physical level. It's either higher or lower than the rest of it. And you can tell, or at yeah. least I feel like I can tell there would have been something for a foot treadle there and it's just no longer there. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> or maybe there is a guitar version of this and it has a wire, a wire expression pedal thing on that yeah. side and they just don't have it for the bass. But what they've done yeah. is use that space and put some extra options in there. It's cool. Yeah. And especially because you have the two options, like the, the option to switch between two inputs, I think it makes sense to have it like physically lower the input switch that is, so you don't accidentally yeah. hit it while you're playing and muting your signal. So, yeah, that is pretty sense. cool. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I have nostalgic feelings towards Zoom because back when I was <laughs> first starting, I also had one of their cheap multi-effects pedals that were so over the top in terms of presets. Yes. That you you just you laughed when you switched between them because some of them were so yeah. crazy sounding. But you can dial them back, you know, make the stuff much more moderate and get really good sounds out of them still. And so I'm assuming that their their newest models are actually really good sounding. Oh yeah. Speaking of Harley Benton, they have something else out as well. There's Harley Benton Mini Stomp Range. And you are actually familiar with these. Did yeah, you say that you have some a of these pedals? Yeah, Ooh, I bought a couple because cool. I'm such a a fanboy of certain pedal types and these cost about 20 euros a piece, a little bit less than that, oh. most of them. So they're very, very cheap. Yeah, the Harley Benton compact effects pedal range is called Mini Stomp and I think there's 23 pedals in the range so far <laughs> and what they basically are is kind of, you know, cheap mini-sized clones or homages, if you will, to more popular pedal types. I'm just guessing here because I don't have any, you know, official linkage or quotes from the guys at Harley Benton, but I suspect that these are just, you know, pretty much bang on identical to the other mini pedals that you can find from other manufacturers and Harley Benton have taken their favorites, the ones that they wanted, rebranded them, maybe done the odd new feature here and there and brought them out and if you can see what we're looking at now, that's the list of the different pedals they have there, Vlad. So yeah, there's definitely over 20. There's yeah. at least, I think, seven or eight different drives from boosts to overdrives, distortions and fuzzes. There's delays and reverbs. There's a five-band EQ, which is one of the ones which I actually decided to go for because mm. I've been looking for an EQ pedal for quite a while. 20 bucks. This is kind of how I see these pedals is if you're interested in a certain kind of effect... You know, if you're interested in getting to grips with an EQ pedal, this is the cheapest, the most affordable way to get into doing that and finding out if you like that yeah. kind of effect and if you feel it would be useful for you. And if you want, then later you can go on and buy the real deal. So for me, the pedal that really stood out from this lot was the Rodent, which mm. I'm sure most <laughs> of you can guess from the name is, of course, Harley Benton's take on the Proco Rat pedal. And when I said earlier that I feel like these are identical to all the other mini pedals out there, I also have the Moore Black Secret. I'll hold them up together. And yeah, we can see yeah, that just... these are two very, very similar looking pedals from the off. <laughs> the gain oh, control is a slightly different color. There's actually, on the Harley Benton, there's three selectors 
on the mini switch there to toggle between three different rat models. There's only two on the Moor. But apart from that, pretty much identical. But for 20 euros, as this one was, and if you're watching this now, my video is already out of this pedal. It was, it performs very, very well indeed. It just does that rat thing. And I think that's what all of these pedals can do. The third one which I got was the Dr. D, which I find to be a rather <laughs> unfortunate name. Made me laugh anyway. It's gold. And Dr. D is actually a Dumble drive pedal. So I don't know what this is particularly a ripoff of or a clone of or an homage to. But Mua, for example, also have one called the Rumble Drive, which is also a Dumble pedal. And that has exactly the same control layout. It's just green. So there you go. So that's probably what these pedals are. But, you know, yeah. when it comes to mini pedals like this, there are a lot of them around. You see a lot of different companies who make them. Most of them, at least for me, living in Germany, are available on stores like Amazon. And they're from companies that you don't even know. And so mm. if Harley Benton is putting out a range of them, ordering from Toman is something that I've done a lot. I feel more kind of security in doing that. And if I have a bad experience, no yeah. problem to send them back or anything like that. So there we go. I, I don't think this is the right place for us to get into a discussion about clones, you know, or copy <laughs> pedals or, you know, who owns circuits yeah. and stuff like this. But I feel like this is Harley Benton taking another step to corner every, every angle of the guitar market at the cheapest point of it. Yeah. What do you yeah. think about these, by the way? Because I've been talking for quite a while now. What are your thoughts? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of interested. Uh, I, I've actually been thinking about getting like an EQ as well. And if you can get like a, a five-band EQ that small and it's like fairly noise-free, for example, that's killer. There's, oh, just a second. There you go. Yeah, that oh, looks I really good. I can't make good. it focus on that. Yeah, it's decent. And I should also say, by the way, that Mua has a five-band EQ pedal called the Graphic G, I think. And it looks just like this. And there are other companies like Tom's Line and other mini pedal companies, again, on places like Amazon. Search them out, you'll find them. They're probably all built in the same place. Maybe. Yeah, it looks allegedly. like that, definitely. Yeah. And I yeah. mean, there's some interesting ones that, like, you don't, you mean, like, when we're talking about, like, a mini pedal range and a budget-friendly one as well, uh, there's few that are a bit, like, more... Well, they stand out. There's like a DI box plus cap sim. Uh, mm -hmm. Actually, I think like having a five-band guitar and bass EQs is pretty cool. I actually could probably order both. Then there's a headphone amplifier, which is interesting. There's an ABY box. There's an acoustic simulator. That's really cool. I mean... Yeah, I have to agree on the fact that uh, ordering from Thoman instead of like Amazon or anything like that, especially since we live in the EU, uh, there's always the 30-day return policy, at least for me when I order from them. So mm. I can get this, try them out, and if there's like any fault with any of those, or if I just don't like them, I can send them back, and that's it. Yeah, exactly. And no questions asked. And you know, yeah. even if you don't like them that much, Christmas is coming up. They cost 20 bucks. Mm. Give them to another guitar player in your life and and they will love you yeah. forever. I mean, exactly. 20 euros is incredibly cheap. I mean, obviously these yeah. pedals cost 
you know, a euro, two euros for them to make, possibly yes. more, possibly less, depending on current prices. But it's it's an almost unheard of price. I feel yeah. like we shouldn't take away from the fact that there are the original brands out there. And I say in my rodent video that I will always recommend the Proco Rat over this because it's mm. the original that this and so many other pedals come from. But again, if you're someone who, for example, has never had a rat type pedal and you want to try out that kind of overdrive and you don't want to spring for something more expensive, you just give out your 20 bucks for this and then you've got that rat sound and it's 99% there. It sounds really good. So there you go. Nice. Yep. I don't think these pedals will be as successful as Harley Benton guitars, by the way. I mean, they've yeah. done pedals before and they don't seem to have the same respect among guitar players that the guitars now have. At yeah, least that's the way uh, I see it. Yeah, I'm going to say there's a reason for that as well because some of the Harley Benton pedals I've tried, uh, sounds have always been decent at least, but the quality, build quality and stuff like that, uh, not so much. So maybe this range might be different, but it's also like for people in like America, for example, there's other kind of pedal lines that cost roughly the same, but then you can order them through like Sweetwater or something. So you have the return policy stuff there as well. So, and again, they might all come from the same factory actually, but I don't like. I don't think if you live in the U.S., for example, it may, it make it doesn't make a lot of sense for you to order one or like order some of these pedals there, but because you have kind of similar ones available there. That's the, I think you mentioned like the Ronin. Then I don't remember what else Ryan has been demoing on on their channel. So kind of title you can see on the <laughs> on the YouTube version. You can. Kind of date me because I wrote Honey, I Shrunk the Memory Man. And yes, indeed, Electro Harmonics has shrunk down the classic deluxe memory man. Which, by the way, I think this is a fantastic idea. The original memory man deluxe is quite big. It's the size of like four regular stomp boxes, if not bigger. Yeah. And now there's a nano version of it. it yeah, exactly. Great. Perfect. Yeah, it looks fantastic. And apparently, it has less noise than the original. Oh. And of course, it's smaller, like you said, and you can plug a standard 9-volt power supply into it, which you couldn't do with the originals. Nice. And it's yeah. how much? $200 or thereabouts, which for yeah. electroharmonics mini pedals is not cheap, but this is the real deal. I, I can't wait to try one of these. Yeah. Again, I've, I've, I'm actually totally going against what I just said, about the Autowire pedal, because <laughs> I have the Empress delay system, which has all the delays I could ever want on it, including delays that sound very much like this, like the Memory Man, or like any other delay ever. And there's going to be a bunch of people out there who also have the Strymon Timeline or other big delays, which are available. But they will all want this, because the Deluxe Memory yes. Man is just one of the classics. And I think this is going to sell like the proverbial hotcakes. But in Finland, is there a proverbial food that sells a lot? Like uh, that's a good question. Polar bear pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> Would you have something called uh, mustamakara, which is like a black sausage, which is basically like 
Uh, is it like rice and like it's made out of like rice meat and like some animal's blood, basically? Sounds delicious. It's actually very good, but <laughs> I'll try if I yeah, ever come to Finland. We do have black pudding in other parts of the world too, or mm. blood pudding, as the Americans call it, which is yeah, sorry, Could which is made with blood. Like. But yeah, what's it called in Finnish? Uh, the sausage I just mentioned. Yeah, it's mustamakra. Yeah. Literally means black sausage. Mustamakra. <laughs> I hope so. We yeah, don't the, the, get demonetized for this, but. You you heard it here first. The Electroharmonics Nano Deluxe Memory Man is going to sell like Mustamakra in Finland, and it's going to sell like hot cakes in the rest of the world. <laughs> exactly. And also I want to mention that uh, Catholic Fridays is a safe zone where you are free to contradict yourself on every single segment as many times as you want. That's kind of what we do here. <laughs> yeah, that's good. We're a family-friendly all intelligence levels friendly show and that includes yes, the presenters exactly <laughs> but yeah back yeah, to this with... it's it... yeah carry on sorry before we get back no, to it no nothing I was about to make a stupid joke but we're gonna skip that one for this time ah oh, the moment's gone S- save it for next ah, week but getting back to will, this I deluxe will. memory man nano it looks like a lot of fun I'm starting yeah, to get yeah. a little bit what's the word not fed up or sick of I'm starting to wish that they would do slightly different, more kind of 21st century demo videos of their products. Mm. But um, yeah. Oh, yeah. They I'm pretty sure do... this is going to be really, really good. Yeah, they don't work without a YouTuber. I just remembered that. It seems like they don't. And they always have um, Bill Ruppert doing their demos. I recognize his mm. hand from the thumbnail that we're looking at there. <laughs> He's a killer player and an amazing presenter. And but I would also like to see them in future doing some slightly more modern themed demos with more modern yeah. kind of song based usages of these pedals. But there you go. Just a little yeah. wish from me. I'm sure there's going to be so many people buying this pedal and so many YouTubers as well are going to go out and spend their own money on this and do their own videos of it, which is going to be really good. Yeah. Cool stuff. I, I'm actually like genuinely interested in, in this one because um, I kind of want like... I've done two like church gigs this fall already, and in both I played the acoustic guitar, but I paired it with some like shimmer, like the Boss RV6, and used the shimmer mode on that as well. I borrowed that from my friend, and it's so much fun. Especially we had like a fairly small band, like the amount of space you can fill with that reverb pedal, and then if I would also pair it with this, like I could have all of this ambient background stuff happening without like it's really muddying up because again the deluxe memory or nano deluxe memory man that's a handful of words to say first thing uh yeah like nano deluxe memory man would be perfect with like blend knob to have like that modulated beautiful delay thing going on i think it has like a is there like a tone control for it as well i think there might be so it like yeah, the dark delays, yeah, and then reverbs going on in the background. Uh, who knows? I might be doing some ch- not church, but like uh, my sister was asked to do like a wedding gig, and I have a suspicion she might ask me to join her as well. So like we could do go there as a duo, but have like a very ambient big sound 
just two of us and an acoustic guitar with something like this. So it could be cool. Yeah. And obviously it's one other thing that electric guitar as well. Oh yeah, definitely. One other thing that I just wanted to mention about this pedal is that it's come at the perfect time as well. Obviously, you know, Christmas coming yeah. up in a couple of months, but also again from 42 Gear Street 3 there was the release of the new J Rocket audio pedal the Clockwork, oh, which yeah, was effectively, true. you know, a full sized newer version of this pedal designed in conjunction with the chap who designed the original Memory Man. And so yep. for Electroharmonics to bring this out right now is, well, it's let's just say there's healthy competition in the marketplace for these pedals now. Because, you know, the original Electroharmonics ones, despite the fact that they're huge and hard to power and they fill your board up and stuff like that, the prices are going up and up and up. They're getting rarer and rarer. And so this is, this is great timing. I'm yeah, really excited absolutely. about this pedal. We, yeah. We've been off for two weeks and I've seen a bunch of great gear that I want to test out from, from doing this yeah. show. Yeah, it feels like it's always like ramping up a little bit before Christmas, then like early January is fairly quiet, except like if stuff for NAM leaks. It's actually, it will actually be interesting to see like now that the NAM show is in June, like whether there will be like a steady release of stuff during the first five months or so of 2022 or whether like everyone will just dump a bunch of stuff they plan to release in Atnam out like in the early weeks of 2022. We'll see. GHS Packrat came out last week and the response has been interesting to follow say the, to say the least because some people were excited some people were like yeah sure whatever and we've also seen some kind of negative or very interesting responses, uh, including from some of the other brands as well. And yeah, what have been your observations on the response to this pedal? Well, firstly, I would want to say that we recorded our episode last week before the pedal came out. So there was no yes. official word on it. We were going off rumor, what we kind of knew. We tapped up some people that we know who were somehow involved with the release, maybe, and talked to people in the industry that we know. And we got everything right, basically. So, you know, it was a kind of an open secret at that point. But it's good that we didn't feed any false rumors or anything into the into the society. <laughs> and then the pedal came out last Friday, and there is a, a video that we're looking at on the screen right now by JHS themselves that goes into minute detail about the nine different rat models that have been put into the pack rat pedal. There's been other super cool videos that have come out from people. For example, our friend Eirik from Living Room Gear Demos has done a very, very cool sounding video, which sells the pedal to me, as he so often does, because yep. he makes everything sound really good. There's a few more as well. Uh, search JHS pack rat and you'll see those. But my thoughts were, it's amazing to see how far JHS has come. And I personally still have mixed feelings about the pedal, because... A lot of the feedback I was seeing kind of reflects how I feel about this pedal as well. And it's like, yeah, every single rat is in that pedal. And I would love to try them all, but I feel like if I bought the pedal, I would probably end up settling on my favorite sound or possibly two and cycling between those and not making the most of the rest of the pedal, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And there were also people saying, yeah, this is a great pedal for people who have never really had a rat. 
and might want to try the different main types and then use it as a starting point, a testing pool. And that theme follows the other two JHS pedals that have different pedals in them, the Muffaletta, the Big Muff pedal, and the Bonsai Tube Screamer pedal. And I agree with that too. And I think I probably said that last week as well. I can't remember. I haven't watched it again. But it's kind of an expensive way to get into finding out which rat you would like, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. Yep. But there we go. So that's just a couple of mixed points which come out of my own head. Overall, removed from all the rest of the context, I think it sounds like an awesome pedal. I visited a music shop at the weekend for the first time in ages and I asked them if they had it in, but they didn't. I don't think they even knew about it, to be honest with you. They, they looked mm. at me like I was mad when I asked them if they had it. Then they told me that they didn't. Um, but yeah, I'd love to try this pedal. I'm a big rat fan, as you know, and it, it looks like it's going to be really, really good. I was surprised just at how mixed the feedback was too, and I feel like there may be in some ways an element of jealousy, possibly from some corners, because JHS has grown from a a smaller pedal builder into this massive company and a YouTube powerhouse in the past couple of years. And they've done an amazing job there. And there's always been a little bit of controversy around JHS and some of the previous stuff that's happened with them, which, you know, we're not going to go into here, but you can find on the internet Mm. if you want. And, you know, maybe some people resent the success that's happened. And I know that this has been the biggest pedal release in JHS's history. You can read posts on their Instagram about that, so congratulations to them. The one thing that annoys me is that you can't actually get the pedal yet. It's another example mm. of a big launch, and there's nothing in the shops anywhere near me to to even order, so that that sucks. <laughs> yeah. Except what do you that think, one, Yeah, except that one store in London where you could actually buy it a couple of days before the release. Oh yeah, except that. If you're going to count that as near me, then yes, apart from them. And I think there's a couple of stores in the UK that seem to have it, but I looked even yesterday on the German distribution partner for JHS's page, and this pedal is not even on there yet, so I don't know. I did also hear that the release of the pack rat was pushed forward because there were going to be leaks and stuff like that, so they decided Mm. to, to go, I don't know, one, two, three weeks, maybe even longer maybe that much yeah. further forward with the release, and maybe that's why shops haven't got it over here, but it would be super cool if we could actually buy the pedal. Yeah. Yeah, like, uh, I feel Boss has kind of spoiled us with the fact that when they release something new, it's pretty much in the stores right away, which is, yeah. well, but they're a gigantic brand, and like Roland is a true powerhouse, so it's a different thing from almost anyone else. Maybe I think Fender might be the only other company who who do that so yeah i mean fender were generally very good with that but it's also changed since the corona pandemic and you've seen that there's been quite a few fender and squire guitars as well which are just not in stores so yeah that that's made everything harder too so let's cut the brands a little bit of slack i guess but still yeah, that that is true as well but yeah i have to agree like there's Feels like there's this kind of annoyance slash, um, yeah. I'm I'm just gonna say as well like jealousy factor because it feels like some people are annoyed by the fact that they put all of the different rat circuits into this one pedal, and yeah, like as if this 
is going to make all the other rat pedals obsolete now. Like that, that, that feels like that's the initial reaction from some people or companies, yeah. even. Even though, like, we've had exactly the same kind of thing happen with a bunch of other pedals, and those haven't made, for example, the original tube screamer obsolete in any way. No, exactly. You know, just as a side note to this discussion, I literally, while while you were talking, I went to the German distributor of JHS pedals. That's Warwick Music Distribution, by the way. And they have now put the pack rat onto their website. So it's there, and it says hmm. there will be pedals available in about four weeks. So nothing there yet. We're going to have to wait another month to get it, but that's already a plus, I think. And the pedal is priced yeah. at 289 euros. So that's... That's not nothing. <laughs> 289. 289, whoa. That's... Uh, that? I mean... It's a lot of money for a distortion pedal, but when you consider there's nine different pedals in it, it seems like slightly less. That would actually lead me to another bit of the fallout because a lot of people were saying JHS haven't made nine different circuits. There's not nine different rats in there. It's just, you know, different clipping hmm. alternatives. It's not full different circuit changes, but JHS have yeah. gone to lengths now to explain that actually this is nine different circuits and there's an Instagram post that they've made where they say that in a standard rat pedal, you have 33 components in the in the signal chain. In the pack rat, there's 261. It's split across three separate circuit boards. It has 40 different analog switching components, and all of that is controlled by some kind of magical digital switching system. So what you are actually doing oh. is not just changing one circuit slightly, you know, different clipping diodes or whatever, you're actually switching between different separate circuits. So that does make it a bit of a game changer in that way, and that makes it different to some of the other pedals that are already out there that offer only different clipping modes, for example. But yeah, mm. it, it's been a mixed bag. I, I guess that's also proof of JHS's status being much higher than it used to be, you know, the fact that there are people who love it and people who don't like it. You know, there is yeah. no general indifference, but everyone has an opinion on it because JHS is one of the, the hottest brands out there right now. Yep. But I've just decided spontaneously that 290 euros is too much for me to spend on that pedal, yeah. so I shan't I was, be purchasing just one just say, yet. Yeah. I, I just kind of want to get like a standard rather than maybe like it paired with a Boss EQ. <laughs> Probably be good like I'm good to go with those, but for some people this might be exactly what they wanted. But yeah, it's definitely not like every man's rat, so to speak. And which is funny because it has every man's rat inside it. That is true, but that <laughs> but like not everybody needs every single rat. So no, exactly. Yeah. I I mean I think it's a super cool idea, and at the end of the day, what I also think is really cool is that. In JHS's own video, Josh Scott says, buy the Proco rat. So, you know, mm. that's nice. Yeah. I like, it's been a week or two ago where, when he also had the, what's the French pedal company? Anna Sounds. Yeah. They, like, he, <laughs> the video was titled as Anna Sounds pedals suck and they definitely don't suck. And, I love that, like, 
they're also promoting other brands and stuff like that. So, but I can see also yeah, that, people get down with. Yeah, that's the new but, way of yeah. doing things. You know, it's it, it just makes exactly. total sense. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, one of the most interesting releases in a while, both from the product standpoint, but also the reaction. So this EHX has released the Intelligent Harmony Machine. Uh, I haven't seen, like, I have to confess, I haven't, is it 2001 Space Odyssey? Haven't seen that movie. You haven't seen Fishing that. Time. You know, it's a classic. But this, like, even, even without ha- having seen, like, I, I know all the memes and everything, this, like, this looks like, uh, is it HAL 9000? What, what's the name of the onboard yeah. computer? Yeah, it looks like that, and I love it. It looks great. <laughs> and based on the demo, as we've talked about before, like electroharmonics don't really do YouTube with other people. They just do their own demos, and it just looks like it sounds absolutely fantastic. There's so many things packed in this. Not only you get all the kind of standard harmonizing thing, but you also get uh, uh, like doubling and octaves up and below. And then there's also the double track feature, meaning like you can go stereo out of the pedal and have like two tracks that are like slightly delayed with each other as well. And all kinds of cool things. It does so, so much. And yeah. It looks cool. It sounds amazing. And it's only $230, which for, to me sounds fairly reasonable for everything it does. So, yeah. Like, I got really excited about this pedal. And that doesn't happen to me too often anymore. So, well done, Electro Harmonics. <laughs> yeah, I think this looks great as well. And I feel like one thing I am waiting for is the deluxe version to come. Because you know they often will make a, a single stompbox mm. version of a pedal these days, and then bring out a deluxe version later with more capabilities, maybe maybe with a second foot switch, blah blah blah. But this looks super cool, you know, and it, it seems yeah. to do so many different effects. It does the harmony stuff, but like you said, it can also be an octave pedal or a pitch shifter. It can be a stereo doubler. It can do so much. It looks like it's going to be so fun, and it could effectively replace, you know, your. EHX POG for octave or organ stuff. It could replace the pitchfork for doing all the different, um, you know, what you call it. Oh, God, mm-hmm. my mind's gone blank. <laughs> the pitchfork, you know, where you can go down a, a tone, a semitone, or whatever. Yeah. Like, it's what is like the word for p- that? P- 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 pitch shifting? Like, so you mean, yeah, do you mean like it transitions exactly. from my note mind to note. Just, Yeah. Yeah, my mind just went totally blank. So it re- could replace that as well. It seems to do single notes or polyphonic chords. It seems to have a key button, so you can put in what key you're playing in, and the intelligent harmonies will relate to the key you're playing in. So yes. an excellent jamming and songwriting tool as well. This looks like a whole bunch of fun. Again, I tried yeah. to do some searches to find out if it's available in Europe at all at the moment, and there doesn't seem to be anything. So I guess we have to yeah. wait on that one. But this looks like a really, really cool little pedal. Definitely. Yeah, I'm immediately thinking of all the ways I could use this uh, with an acoustic guitar for some reason. Like, got me excited. So, uh, it's nice to see something different. 
Yeah, definitely. That's that's the thing. Like, it looks cool. It sounds cool. And like when you mentioned poker, I kind of had forgotten that it's also an electroharmonics product, and they're like at the top of the harmonization game or something, or how they want to call it. Like, Pog is very well known and and one of the best kind of octave or harmonizing pedals. And this is uh, then again next level stuff. So, yeah. Plus, it just looks pretty damn cool. So, well done. It does. And also, Electro Harmonics, how many new pedals have they brought out recently? They're so busy. Their R&D team is constantly on it. So, well done to them. So it seems. Yeah, so it seems. Yeah, highly recommend you check out the video and to get the full grasp of what you can do with this single pedal. And, yeah. Well, obviously, links to this in the show notes. But let's jump to the next one, which is Joyo, <laughs> King of Kings. And as you might guess, it is a King of Tone-ish sound. That's what it's going for. <laughs> There's even a King of Tone <laughs> image in the article on gearnews.com. Uh, yeah... Um, First of all, should we talk about the name? We talked about the moist reverb a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago. <laughs> and honestly, this kind of continues the route they've chosen to go. Because yeah. there, there will be some worship musicians who will refuse to use this because of the name. Let's put it that way. You think? Okay. Yeah, it might be. It's 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 not as bad as moist reverb, but, <laughs> but imagine still. if they tried to uh, if they did like a a mix of the two and it was the moist king that would be even worse. <laughs> I was thinking king of moist, but yes, or or king of moist. I mean, we should probably copyright those names right now and cash in when Joey tries to make them. But yes. yeah, I, I mean, when it comes down to the pedal, what do you what do you think about it? There are so many different King of Tone clones and homages nowadays. It's hard to know where, where we stand. Yeah, my question would be like, do we need one more? Like, <laughs> there is, there's just so many. And yeah. Do we have a price for this JoJo is... one? Sorry? Do we have a price for the JoJo one? Uh, roughly 75 euros so it's it's very affordable that's cheap so you could buy about six king of kings pedals for the price of one king of tone to get it shipped over to Europe anyway so that's a that's a big difference for sure the question is will it perform as well and I mean obviously (laughs) in the article they Ask the question, are they the same? And the first word is unlikely. (laughs) (laughs) That's some high quality journalism here. (laughs) Yeah, if you read the rest of the paragraph, this is clearly not being written with kind of, yeah, Yeah. journalistic integrity in mind. It's just to the point, exactly. Um, Yeah, but yeah, one thing I like about this pedal is that you've got the two sides of the King of Tone so you've got a volume again and a tone control for each. It's two overdrives, 
kind of blues breaker circuit overdrives for anybody who's not familiar with the King of Tone. And inside the King of Tone, you have a number of different dip switches, which enable you to change the clipping. Um, mm. And on the JoYo pedal, these are actually on the top and the front of the pedal. So I find this actually an improvement on the original in that sense. True. That's cool. I like that. Because those are the kind of things that they tend to be set and forget controls with the King of Tone. So you'll find what you prefer, close the pedal and just leave it. But with the JoYo, you have the endless clicking opportunities. So there you go. That gives you yes. an extra option there. You shall, shall not forget type of switches. Yeah. Will it sound the same as a King of Tone? It will probably sound 90, 95% similar, you know, because it's, oh, sorry, unlikely, as Vlad is saying. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Unlikely. <laughs> yeah. That should be a standard answer for a lot of things now. Unlikely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. It's another pedal might... I would like to try. I'll say that. Yeah, that's true. That's definitely There's true. Also, I um, trying. You know, with the King of Tone, there is a legendarily long waiting list to get a King of Tone pedal because they don't make that many. And mm. I'm actually on the list. I've been on the list since, I think, mid-2018. So maybe at oh, some really? point in 2022, I'll get to the top of the list and be able to buy a King of Tone pedal. But when you order your original King of Tone, there are different options that you can choose. You can choose to get, for example, one standard side with the standard amount of gain, and you can choose the other one to be standard or high gain mode, so you can get different amounts of overdrive on it. You can choose different kind of options when it comes to how many inserts you want. Do you want top jacks or side jacks? Do you want four? Blah, blah, blah. So there's a few different things you can do. And I would be interested to see what JoYo have gone for in that sense. Have they gone for the standard mm. King of Tone? Or have they gone for uh, high gain one side or high gain both sides? I'm not sure if that's mentioned in the article, but it would be very interesting to find that out. Mm. Yep. Yeah, apparently they went for the King of Tone version 4 circuit, or at least the article. Yeah, that's what it says. But again, with the with the version yeah. 4 King of Tone, you can order a standard version yeah, the, or a high-gain version on both sides. Yeah. So it will be interesting to see what Joyu have gone for. My mm. guess is that they will have gone for a standard, uh, probably right side, and on the left side they'll have gone for the, the high-gain King of Tone version. So yep. we'll find out at we'll some point. We'll find out. And then at some point we'll have uh, the King of Kings version versus the King of Tone on your channel. So looking forward to that as not, well. Not on my channel. It'll be a race right now, you know. This pedal has just been announced. Oh. There will be a, a slew of gear YouTubers all trying to get one first so they can do the King of Tone versus the King of Kings uh, comparison. Yeah, that is That's true. how it is. It's all good. That's how it is. I love it. Good. Unlikely right. is my answer, though. Next one. Hotone. Has Hotone. put out an um, hot, hot one, Hotone. <laughs> How does one pronounce it? <laughs> pronounce it? Rolls out an updated Ampero to Stomp Modeler. Uh, it looks great. Uh, I have very little knowledge of the unit itself because I haven't tried the first one, so I don't. It's hard to get excited about the second one. Mm. But it looks beautiful. <clears throat> It's not it's surprising, really, is it? I, I think they're they're jumping on the HX Stomp sort of bandwagon there, don't you? 
Yeah. It looks very similar to me as someone who's not an expert at all with this kind of product. I, yeah. I could mistake the two if I didn't see the writing on them. Yes. Yeah. Sure. yeah. It is. It does look, actually come with a four-inch touch touch screen, which is really cool. They've called uh, it a stomp as well, haven't they? Yeah, Ampero. Oh yeah, the Ampero to stomp. <laughs> that could. Oh my! I don't know. Connection just could died, that have legal ramifications later on? I don't know. I doubt it. I think it's very difficult to um, to trademark the word stomp because we've used stomp yeah. for so so long. I think if they called it the Ampero HX stomp, they might get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then, then they could be in trouble. So I'm trying to load up the video, so let's see if it's... Oh, there you go. Oh, there we go. Uh, yeah. Nice We can't hear anything, but... Yeah, I mean, uh, we talked about this with the... What's it called? Uh, that one mo smaller modeler... Uh, not the the one that's kind of competing with Helix, but Rich, what what was the brand? Well, we also oh, got that a we comment featured a couple of weeks ago. Um, the uh, was it the Atomic one? Not uh, the Amplifier not the atomic, one. Oh come on! Yeah, there was a brand that I forgot. Somebody actually bought the units and commented that he was was also like not happy with the presets. Ah. Uh, Come on. on anything are never really very good because yes. they're always somebody yeah. else's idea of a good tone and it's always advisable yeah. to program your own yeah uh, I almost remember the name but anyway like it also had a touch screen and yeah all of wow. this look like an improvement over the Helix Storm just from the usability standpoint because yeah. I hate browsing menus but if you add a touch screen it, it becomes more fun I want to say. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. This looks nice. They are using the traditional, like, the um, Hot One or Hot One Ampero 2 stomp office and evolved CDCM HD and FIRE or FIRE modeling system. Those are words yes. and letters that mean absolutely nothing, but <laughs> it offers an improved modeling or evolved modeling system. Not even improved, just evolved. Hey, this is the yeah. thing that people in people in the marketing side of the business like to come up with names like that for yes. their in-house technology. I mean, I've experienced it a lot, and it it fills up press release space. What can I say? And in in some cases, yeah. things become very popular. Like everyone talks about the boss, the the Cosm modeling, for example. That's just the way it is. I mean, in my H and K job, we had the the Spirit technology, which is another example of that, and that's exactly what they're doing here. Yeah, One I think CDCM stands for copy direct from uh, generic marketing, or you know. <laughs> <laughs> it probably <Very> possible. does. <laughs> hey, one thing that I just noticed in the text above, which I found quite interesting, was that this unit ships with official Celestian IRs, which I think oh, many really? other more affordable modeling units don't. 20 classic Celestian speaker IRs. Wow. Which I think is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah I think that's, that's a good sell. Good sell. Yeah, definitely. And also, you can use this as an audio interface, which I guess people assume nowadays, but it's yeah, still worth mentioning. Usually, so. 
won't be long before you can use the guitar as an audio interface. Everything's an audio interface these days, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I got a few ideas, like which company would probably go first. Like you can just, <laughs> there's, you, you can run a USB cable from your guitar into your computer and you're good to go. Yeah, um, yeah. Like, yeah, I guess somebody could buy, would buy that as well. But did you see the uh, Rick Biasso Sting interview? By the way, that was amazing, yes. absolutely yeah. amazing. I wow. haven't watched so it yet, but I need to. Yeah, definitely yeah. do. Yeah, I watched that and actually ended up listening to Sting's latest album as well. But because when I watched the interview, the album was out already, and it sounds. Like the sounds on that album are absolutely amazing. amazing. Yeah, Highly recommend great. that. And good songwriting, totally. obviously, as well. He's always so. a great songwriter. Sting is just another. He's a he, you know he's a relic of the Beatles. Really, he's just oh, a yeah. great writer. Great writer. Yeah, to me, he's like if Beatles had listened to a lot of like reggae before they started writing. That that's like that's like Sting to me. Like. The way he blends yeah. all those kind of polyrhythmic things uh, without yeah. it sounding like unnatural or like prog proggy or anything like that, it just works and fits. But then, when it's, if you would try to play those yourself, you'd be lost in a <laughs> pretty fast. <laughs> so, yeah. hats off to him. Yeah. But yeah, sure. I was thinking actually about putting that interview as a weekend watch, but decided to go other way this time. But yeah. Uh, so good. We're gonna drop some links to Hot One, Hot. <laughs> Sorry, I, I promise I one day stop calling it Hot One, but today might not be the day. No, call uh, it Hot yeah. One. I like that. I like that. Although I call them Hotone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna call them Hotone as well, just <laughs> just because I can. And there you go. Those were some of our favorite pedals and amps covered in 2021. As always, if you enjoy what we do, a great way to support us is to get something from the merch store, use the affiliate links. Uh, there's a super thanks, uh, something like that feature on YouTube as well. You can do that as well if you so desire. We'll be back in 2022 with some fresh Cat Pick Friday's episodes. But for now, thanks for watching and listening. Bye podcast. <laughs>